You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Illustrated, Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality, and Christian Miller, a national championship winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. against him second and goal Brady pulls it down now throws it intercepted by curse and there is a red zone interception for Tom Brady his first as a Buccaneer about the, the not having thrown a red zone interception but I couldn't tell if he was trying to throw it away I think that's what it was but Godwin initially looked like he was working that back line could that could that have been the last game for Tom Brady? The final, the Cowboys won 31-14. to Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, Christian Miller, right here bringing you Big Noon Sports on a kind of a dreary Tuesday afternoon. Lars, what's up? Let me describe the scene at uh, Raymond James Stadium uh, after the game. And after Tom Brady threw 66 passes, uh, mostly getting knocked around and and uh, being eliminated from the playoffs. I mean, I, I, a great way to um, uh, lead a, a story like this, like if I were covering it for Sports Illustrated or Bleacher Report, is I just would have sort of attached myself uh, to Tom Brady, not necessarily talk to him, but just try to um, to paint the picture of the scene. And, uh, you know, he really, he at the press conference, um, he dodged questions about his future. He talked about how uh, it was just typical of how Tampa played all year. And it, it blew me away that Tampa was only a uh, two-and-a-half-point underdog because uh, Tampa's just, there's not a very good team. They're not a very good team. And, uh, and then after he held the press, or and then he thanked the media, you know, he thanked uh, the, the 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 people who have been covering him, and even though he has uh, turned uh, saying nothing into an art form, he said, "I hope I gave you what you want and treated you with respect." And he has, he has treated the media with respect, yeah. including yours truly. I mean, he 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 took uh, time to you know give me his cell number when I was working on the book uh, season in. Let's the call sun. him right now, Lars. Yeah, <laughs> see if we can get him on. Maybe he'll uh, break some news for us. But so after the press conference, he, he went back into the locker room and, uh, you know, uh, walked through the bowels of Raymond James Stadium and eventually got into a, a black Tesla uh, where, uh, you know, he had a videographer there with him uh, and he drove away. And in, it, it, again, it, 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 this is a great scene, a great lead, because he drove away into a future filled with what? Now, that's the question. Is he done in Tampa? Is there going to be an opportunity for him in Las Vegas, Miami, or Tennessee? 
even though Miami just said yesterday that Tua is going to be their starting quarterback next year. Is it time for Tom Brady to move into the broadcast booth? Um, and But his demeanor, if you really look at his demeanor following the debacle uh, that was that game for him, it didn't suggest that this was his final game. You know, he, he cracked a smile in the locker room when he was talking to uh, Blaine Gabbert, who uh, the backup quarterback is one of his best buddies on the team while they're changing into street clothes. He gave a pat on the back to his off- offensive lineman as they sat in front of their lockers, and he told uh, quite a few players and in, and uh, in, in team reps, see you tomorrow. You know, they're going to have all their exit interviews uh, today, and uh, they'll clean out the lockers Wait, hang, today. Hang, hang on. I, I, I got to please. Let me throw a flag here. Call timeout. Tom Brady does an exit interview? Yeah. He's 45 years old. He's the G-O-A-T. Yeah. He does he, an exit interview. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you act yeah. like I shouldn't be surprised. What? what well, why? Well, what's the? He, what? I mean, Tom Brady does get special treatment, okay, by the by the coaching staff. There's no question about that. But he also is going to meet with Todd Bowles and presumably uh, Byron Leftwich. Although there are the offensive coordinator, although there are multiple reports that that Leftwich is about to be fired. It's amazing in one season. Exactly, Leftwich goes from. Uh, hey, why isn't he a, a head coach? To now, he's going to get fired. But um, he just—he didn't look like a guy. He wasn't acting like a guy whose career was over. But then there's—you—you—you—you you, you, you really you dig into what we saw Monday night, and that's Brady is 45, and he looked like a 45-year-old quarterback, and, and his game has basically been reduced to dinking and dunking. Uh, there's not a lot of pushing the ball down the field. Um, you know, he he uh, he threw a really nice ball late in the game to Mike Evans. And just missed him on a on a long touchdown throw. Um, his average of 9.6 yards per per completion is the lowest of his career and second lowest in the NFL this season, behind only uh, Kyler Murray. And so what did that mean on the field? It translated to the fact that defenses weren't worried about Brady going over the top. So they clamped down, and it created tight windows. I mean, for everything that Brady had to do, it was just a struggle, a struggle, a struggle. And, um, you know, uh, and this was a season where he posted the worst record of his entire 23-year career, and yet there's still this. He managed to throw and complete more passes than any other quarterback in the league, more than <laughs> more than even he had ever done in a single season. So how do, how do you square these two off, right? I mean, this isn't uh, um, you know a, a, a an aging player just sort of playing out the string. This isn't Jerry Rice in his final days. This isn't O.J. Simpson with the 49ers or Willie Mays with the New York Mets. I mean, Brady's just a year removed from leading the league in passing yards. Um, And also, he almost won the MVP last year. And also, you know, there's still uh, the fact that Tom Brady, if he plays next year, he will invigorate a franchise. Now, where would he go? I mean, that, that's something we'll get into in the entire well, I'm show. I'm going to tell you right now. But He's you, going home. He should go home. 
Well, if <laughs> that's just that I, is an IMO. I, I agree. Uh, I agree. And, and Raiders, you, you, Jets, Dolphins. Well, well, 49ers, right? Like he was there. I think it may have been his first game uh, for the catch game, right? Uh, uh, Dwight, Dwight Clark, Clark and Montana. Hitting, Clark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in uh, 1982, uh, he grew up a 49ers fan. And if the 49ers want to get him for one year, I mean, wow, with that, the weapons that they have and the defense that they have, Brady really could go out a, a champ. Wait, are you just going to throw all the shade on Brock Purdy? <laughs> have like, you seen his numbers? I know, I know. Oh. Oh. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it's just interesting. I mean, and... Uh, um, Gosh, we got so much. This game was fascinating on so many levels, right? Uh, we got to get into Brett Maher, and uh, hopefully, we can get Aldo. Hey, guess what? Guess where Brett went to school? Nebraska. All right, there you have it, twelve oh nine. We finally get to the Big Red. There is twelve oh nine, as Nebraska mentioned, but boy, in a not very pleasant way. He missed three in the first half and added to it in the second. It's like Peyton Manning said, Chris, I've never seen anything like it. I don't think I have either. That might have been Eli. Yeah, it definitely was uh, unprecedented. I've never seen that happen. But you do have to take into account, you know, they have uh, moved the field goals back. So back then, obviously, the field goals were what, from the two-yard line or something like that uh, before they made that change? The three. The three, yeah. yeah. It was basically a 30-yarder, right? Uh, that'll be 20. 20. Oh my god, yeah. got to be kidding me. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, Peyton Manning. Why are we kicking? Got up and walked off camera. Uh, uh, hey, he's. I, I, I don't know him personally. I know people who do know him. He's a really good kid. Uh, Jerry Jones came out and said, hey, he's our kicker. But Jerry Jones is not the coach. I, I'm certainly Dallas is trying out every kicker known to man right now. Maybe the thing Del, is he missed maybe, more point Maybe Del Greco should. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> he, he would have been an improvement from last night. Um, he is. Uh, he missed more point afters last night in one game than he did the entire season. For the season, he was exceptional. He was 50 of 53 in point afters, 29 of 32. And field goals. What happened? But this happened. This you got the yield. You got to go back to 1932 for the, for a uh, kicker to miss four extra points in one game. Oh, I remember. I was there. <laughs> hey, let's take our break, and when we get back, go to more Florida, Christian Miller, Lars Anderson. He went to the stands. Matt Williams. Matt Williams was just a fan at a tech game until this moment. He volunteered in a promotional. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Road tripping, business travel, or bringing your car in for repairs. All great reasons to rent a Toyota at Tuscaloosa Toyota. You can Tonight's low 71. Tomorrow, cloudy and mild, a chance of showers during the day. Strong thunderstorms arrive late tomorrow night, the high 71. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 65 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
on Big Noon Sports. Matt Coulter along with Lars Anderson and Christian Miller. Talking about last night's National Football League playoff game between the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. Dallas 31, Tampa 14. It was a Tom Brady's last game, which, by the way, we've been talking about Brady, rightfully so. Greatest of all time. Where is he going to be next year? We uh, we really don't know. But uh, I think we should kind of stop right there and go, wow, way to go, Dak. Uh, yeah. Really played well. 304 yards in the air, four touchdown passes. But even his performance was overshadowed by your Nebraska kicker. What happened to that Husker, Lars? <laughs> Well, uh, Christian knows more about kickers than I do, uh, so I'll let's go to Christian. What? Uh, obviously, he lost his confidence, and uh, I'm, I'm efforting to get Al Del Greco uh, on air here uh, shortly to try to explain to us exactly what uh, goes through the mind of a kicker who misses four uh, extra points in a game. But uh, Christian, I, I, I know at at Alabama and uh, in the pros, uh, certain things are done in practice to try to put the kicker under pressure, right? Like, hey, if you make this forty yarder, um, uh, uh, nobody has to run. But if uh, you miss it, everybody's doing you know wind sprints except you. You have to watch everybody run. Uh, but just give us your analysis of, of what happened with Brett Maher last night. I, I, I would don't even know where to start. Um, you know, being a kicker <laughs> is not the easiest job. I know we like to give them flack and say, you know, all you have is one job. A lot of head coaches will say that to a guy who's, you know, on a dress and, and, and struggling. And, you know, they just go to him and like, you have one job, just do your job. But, you know, being a kicker is, you know, somewhat difficult. You know, you're under immense pressure, and, and it, you know, I know it's something they do every single day, but I guess sometimes people go through, you know, little obstacles like we saw last night, and I think what happens is you miss one, and um, if you don't correct it or, you know, focus on the, the next situation, um, then unfortunately it can kind of spiral out of control, and that's kind of, you know, what it seemed like happened yesterday. Uh, he was just under a lot of pressure, and um, it was just kind of, going through a, a little bit of a funk. Um, but like Matt had mentioned, um, he had been solid throughout the season. So I, I don't – typically if you see something um, to that extent, you'd expect that guy to not have a job uh, come the next day in the National Football League because, quite frankly, that's the business of it. However, I think they're going to stick with them um, just because he was solid during the season. And, and hopefully this was a one-time thing. I mean, I think it could be a number of things. I don't know. You know, it may be – he was dealing with something we don't know about. Maybe, you know, some tightness in his legs, some soreness, or something was throwing off his timing. Um, that's another possibility is that sometimes, you know, the timing with the holder uh, is critical in terms of, you know, successful kicks and everything going smoothly. So I'm not too sure. You know, I'm not a kicking expert. That's just my two cents from my experience. But in terms of practicing, you know, usually these kickers, you know, they practice from all different ranges. Um, all different sides of the field. They'll they'll practice in certain situations, um, basically simulating situations that could arise in the game. And 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 typically that's how they go about their business. I, I've just never seen that happen in a in an NFL in a, in, excuse me in an NFL game for a guy to miss four like that. That was man, that was wow. I've never seen anything like it. What uh, is the response to uh, to Maher missing those to, from from his teammates? Are, are they just like completely fed up? Uh, how are kickers 
treated, generally speaking, in the NFL? Well, uh, I think it depends on the player. You know, some guys are just going to be fed up. Some guys aren't going to have a filter, and they're going to they're going to hop on that guy. They're going to jump on him because, again, it is his job, and he makes a lot of money to do that. Now, again, if you miss one or two, sure, but four straight like that. Um, I hate to be like this, but it it, it kind of dude. That's your job, man. You you have to figure something out at some point. And if you if you can't, then you you need to be replaced. That's just the business of of the NFL. But uh, I think the the best approach would be you know to console your teammate and, and try to offer him um some support. That way he doesn't get too down on himself. Then it you know further uh, spirals. I think if you can offer him support and and then tell him hey you know don't worry about it. Next one you got this. You just that's probably my first initial reaction. But after the third or fourth one, I might be like, damn, dude. <laughs> Figure something out. <laughs> Hell, I'll go kick for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, Why yeah, keep uh, kicking? Yeah, <laughs> you want to just go for two. Uh, yeah, if, if he missed exactly the, after the third one, I would have just gone for two. No disrespect to him, but at, at some point you got to. I mean, hell, you got to make up for the points that you just missed out on too. <laughs> Here's one of the really crazy things about it. I don't know if you guys have seen this. Do you know what the over under was? No. 45 and a half. They scored 45. Think about it. Yeah. He lost one extra point. Yeah. There's going to be a and lot of Cowboys conspiracies about that. The over Especially when you miss four. Well, you, the, yeah. just the look on that poor kid's face. Yeah. Uh, he just, uh, yeah, it was, it was rough. And you know, this rough. is his third time to be on a Dallas Cowboys roster. He was great at Nebraska. The kid can kick. I mean, it, 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 it clearly happens, is, but between the, it, it's between the ears, right? Has I mean, to be. do you, uh, Christian? Have you ever just been messing around on a practice field and and see if you can hit like from thirty five, forty? I mean, I, I have, but again, I, I don't think it's fair to compare that because I mean, they're in the live game situation, have the rush coming at them. They're in a playoff game to advance, so um, I, I, yeah, I, I think I have nailed something like that. But consistently, probably not. No. Uh, okay. You're soccer style, right? Soccer yeah, style. yeah, you I probably know. have never even seen a straight-on kicker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, back in the day, you know what? I think it's the equivalent of getting the yips exactly. if you're a golfer yeah. and you just start yanking everything to the left, even from four feet. Uh, or also, uh, you know, not being able to throw – catcher not being able to throw to the second base, it always goes into center field. Mm-hmm. When Dale Murphy was coming up with the Braves, that was his issue. That's why he ended up in center field. Uh, and, and who was the second baseman for the Chuck Yankees? Chuck Knobloch. Chuck Knobloch couldn't throw it from second to first. Um, and what did you guys just say? It's all mental. Exactly. I mean – yeah. You yeah. can't have a season of 50 of 53 in point afters and 29 of 32 in field goals and then just suddenly miss four straight. You do have you do wonder what was ticking inside his helmet. Anybody got a guess? 
I think, uh, yeah, I, 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 no, I, no, I think I think Christian's on to something. I, I think there's probably something going on in his life that uh, that he just, for whatever reason, he wasn't as focused as he needs to be. And by the way, Al Del Greco is going to join us here just in a couple minutes and uh, really kind of br- break down what happened. But Christian, uh, larger larger picture here. Um, and, and I know none of us have really any insight into Tom Brady's future, but do you think we'll see him play next year? Uh, that's tough to say because uh, I thought we watched his last game a year or two ago and he announced the retirement and then lo and behold, we're watching him last night in a playoff game. So I don't think anybody knows that answer right now. I don't even think Tom Brady knows that answer right now, if I'm being honest with you. Um, but my personal take I'm kind of on the fence. I personally think he needs to hang it up. Uh, you know, he's had a great run, arguably the best, not only just quarterback of all time, but best player of all time. Won so many Super Bowls. I mean, he's accomplished everything that you could ever imagine in the sport of football. I mean, he has nothing left to prove. And what I would hate is for him to just go on this downward, you know, decline uh, to end his career, you know. And, and then it's like that's what – that's the last kind of Tom Brady that we got to, to really witness, even though we know of all the great things he accomplished, but I almost would leave on a high note. You know, you just, you know, this past season wasn't his best season, but you know, it wasn't terrible. Um, and I probably would just stop there because I just don't see him getting any better than he played this past season. And this past season was not great by any means um, with his standards. So I don't, I don't know. You know, I know people are mentioning, the Jets or, or the Raiders, I mean, maybe get one more year out of it, but uh, I don't know, guys. I, I think he had I no support, time. guys. How? I mean, yeah. he, he had no What do you he mean? He didn't really have an offense around him, did uh, he? The, the yeah, offensive he, line was well, a he, mess. Well, Tristan Wirfs is one of the, the, the best offensive tackles in the league. I'm pretty sure he was a pro bowler or something. So he's got, they, they did lose, I think, yeah, but he, Ryan he, he, Jensen. He, he missed time. And they, they missed Jensen. Jensen missed the year. Jensen missed uh, the year. Alex Kappa. Alex Kappa, starter last year, uh, went to my Bengals, and uh, he just he their offensive line was a mess but, all year. But, uh, and and also, I, I, sorry, I was just going to say, uh, I think Bruce Arians not being there caused an issue. I really do. Yeah, I mean, it could have. I, I just my belief is, I mean, anywhere he goes, it's not going to have a perfect offensive line. And if that's the case, then you don't need to play football. If you, if, if if it's a requirement that you have to go to a team. With an all-pro offensive line like uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, um, then you probably just need to go ahead and hang it up because, unfortunately, with salary caps and whatnot, you can't you can't just assemble the greatest offensive line just to have Tom Brady back there. It's just, you're you're putting too much money into places where it could go, you know, elsewhere. You know, specifically, you know, defense uh, side of the ball, get a good cornerback, get a you know really really good uh, defensive lineman to, to really you know be a game changer for you. So, me personally, I think he just. I don't know too too many requirements just to have Tom Brady. I'm sure you get your money back by all the jersey sales and, and ticket sales, but I don't know, man. He's what 45, 46. How old is he, guys? 45, yeah. 45, 45, 45. And look, he looked 45 last night. See, yeah, he and did. Also, and he what, hey, also, what, what about badly. the cheap play? I'm sorry, Tom Brady. <laughs> did you guys see that? He tripped a guy, made a tackle. Wow. <laughs> 
Did, Christian, did you see that? I did not. It doesn't surprise me though. I did not either. All right, just yeah. I mean, it was it was oh. a dirty play. Just it, just go go on tw- go on Twitter and and just look up Tom Brady dirty play, and uh, it's almost like he's getting a free pass in the media. But if uh, this had been uh, a quarterback who was, <laughs> yeah, if this had been Mac Jones. That's all anybody would be talking about today. And I would argue that this is almost worse than anything that Mac Jones has done. But, yes, uh, Matt, when we come back, we're going to talk to Al Del Greco. Uh, Cool, because he has a kicker's mentality. You know why? He spent 14 years in the National Football League. Wasn't it 18? Uh, We'll ask him. Yeah. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Has the pandemic affected your business? Even with more and more customers going online in the past five years, online business has grown greatly due to the pandemic. Now more than ever, it's important to have... Welcome back to Big Noon Sports. Christian Miller, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter. We will uh, join Al Del Greco here in just a minute. Uh, Carol Robinson, once again, follow up on the story concerning Darius Miles. The report now is, and this is record from Tuscaloosa County Jail, uh, the, the deputy's office, that said that there's evidence that Darius Miles did not shoot Jamia Harris, that it was his, I guess, his uh, companion. Uh, this um, Michael Davis. Mike, Michael Davis. Uh, the report said something to the uh, to the wording of the aided and abetted by providing a a gun. He provided, uh, according to the police, he provided the gun, and the charges are capital murder because Harris was shot while she was in a vehicle. Records state that she was shot one time, and uh, the charging documents that were made public. Uh, today, this morning, uh, say that there's surveillance footage of the deadly shooting, and if you go on Twitter, you can see it, and it's um, it's not not pleasant to watch. Um, and that Darius Miles admitted to providing Michael Davis with the handgun immediately prior to the shooting, and uh, apparently there were uh, roughly 11 shots fired at the vehicle. And um, the charge sheet for Miles said that he, quote, intentionally caused the death of Jamia Harris by aiding and abetting by providing a firearm to Michael Davis, who shot Jamia Harris while Harris was in the, pass- in the passenger seat of a Jeep. And Miles, through his attorneys, has proclaimed his innocence. Um, and again, the deadly shooting happened in Tuscaloosa about 1.45 a.m. on Sunday and Harris was in a Jeep that stopped in the area of Gray Street and University Boulevard when the gunfire erupted, and uh, the driver of the Jeep, whose name has not still been released, continued along University Boulevard, and Tuscaloosa Police and University Police were dispatched to the Walk of Champions at Bryant-Denny Stadium when a vehicle stopped 
there upon sighting a UA police vehicle. And Harris, uh, sadly, tragically, uh, her life was already taken uh, while she was inside the Jeep. And the driver told police that their vehicle had been struck by gunfire. With this information, would you, and I'm, I know you're not Alexander Shinora, okay. uh, but uh, wouldn't the charges be drastically reduced? I, that I, I can't answer that. It's like, you know, if, uh, if you're the getaway driver in a bank robbery and somebody dies inside the bank but you weren't even in the bank, I mean, you're still going to be charged with murder. So I, I I would suspect that the charges will not be reduced. Okay, but um, but hey, but uh, you know I'm my dad is a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer, but that's just my suspicion. Uh, and if if there are any lawyers out there listening, Matt, why don't you? Go, uh, we can, you well, know. you can call us yeah. on our law line at two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. That's two zero five three four two sad nine nine zero four. Yeah, that. Uh, just an, uh, an unbelievable story. Yeah. Um, yeah, hard to transition away from that. We're still efforting to get uh, Al on the phone, Al Del Greco. Um, but, uh, Christian, what what did you think of the play of, of Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys last night? Were you surprised uh, how well they performed? I was, uh, I was surprised. You know, normally, you know, the Cowboys tend to have some type of, you know, uh, pattern of of not performing when it's time to perform in the playoffs, but you know they played well. Um, you know I wanted Tom to to pull through and and for him to, to to win that game, but I think we all knew that Micah Parsons and that Cowboys defense was going to be a lot for him to handle, and that that's pretty much what we saw. And um, you know you got to tip your hat to Dak Prescott who played phenomenal, um, just you know throwing four touchdowns and man he just. He played lights out, and that's what the Cowboys need from him. And they need that each and every week. And when he plays at that level, he gives them a chance. They can be a very dangerous team, and I think they they really can compete with the Eagles um, when he plays like that, as we saw earlier in the season. So um, as long as they play like that, I think they have a chance. But uh, I don't know. They just the Cowboys just always seem to just drop the ball when it comes to the playoffs. So I wouldn't put that past them. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Al Del Greco is online with us here on Big Noon Sports. Al, it's uh, Matt, the gang, Lars, Christian. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing good, guys. And thoughts and prayers out to all those families uh, in the event of that tragedy that happened the other night. So keep keep them in your prayers. Ditto. Let's just cut right to it. Uh, what's bouncing? You're a kicker. Uh, I don't ever remember you having a slump. If you did, we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> no. uh, what happens when you just when you miss four straight? I mean, what's going on there? I honestly, guys, I I've, I've never experienced it. I've never seen it before. Um, somebody that's that good a, a, a kicker uh, to have that go on. Um, I was just kind of reflecting last night as I was watching that and. You know, thinking about it since then, you know, the first one, maybe he's just a little too relaxed and pushes it a little bit. You know, that that happens to everybody now and then. Um, the second one goes to the right as well. The third one actually goes to the left. And I, I didn't even see the fourth one. Um, 
But l- looking at the, the three that I saw and then going back to what, what would be going through my head during the game, um, the second and third snaps weren't perfect. They weren't bad, but the laces weren't perfect. And, you know, when, when you're, when everything's going great, it seems like the laces are perfect. When you have a 50, 55 yard field goal and the laces come back perfect, it's just this giant positive feeling that goes through your mind. Oh man, that snaps perfect. And when something bad happens and, and you've kind of, you know, you missed the first one and now there's just a little tweak that it's not perfect and you're looking at it and in, in your mind you're going, oh man, the laces weren't good and he had to spin the laces or it's just putting more thoughts into your mind as, as to what you're doing. And I think that's what happened to him last night. And I think the third snap was probably where the laces were was probably the one that affected him the most. Um, and like I said, I, I wish I'd have seen the fourth one, uh, but you know, they, uh, they, I, I wasn't watching the game then. And then the fifth one that he kicked that he made, they really never showed that on TV. So, um, kind of just a, a giant, uh, nightmare, I guess is the best way to put it. And, It'll be interesting to see, you know, what the Cowboys say about it. I haven't seen anything today, uh, but, you know, they won the football game. And so, it, you know, I don't want to say it really doesn't matter because obviously it does. But uh, now he's just got to get ready for San Francisco next week. Jerry Jones said last night that uh, he's going to remain their kicker, but you know, who knows if that is actually going to be the case. But, Al, how does he go back and try to win the confidence back of his teammates? Well, I mean, you, you really can't do anything until, you know, obviously in practice everybody's a little more focused on what you're doing. Uh, but you really can't do anything until, until the next game. And, you know, as a, a guy that used to do that, after the year and career that Brett has had to this point, I would hope that they wouldn't give up on him, you know, that quickly. Um, uh, again, it, it, I think it was just a myriad of things that the, the mechanics of it weren't perfect. Uh, his mind obviously uh, wasn't what it normally is when he's, when he's totally confident. And I think because of that, it was just a big firestorm last night and, you know, he did make the last one, so he ended on a good note, and uh, we'll have to see what happens next week. But I think certainly, you know, when when they're going into that game next week, they will everybody will be a little apprehensive except for Brett, and it's up to him to go out there and just, you know, gain their respect and their confidence again. Al, if you were in that situation, what would your be what would your game plan be moving forward? You know, how would you prepare for the next game? Would you change anything? Would you alter your your preparation or would you just do everything you usually do and almost put that performance past you and just move on? Yeah, because I, I think, you know, he's kicked way too many field goals and you look what he had missed what, three field goal three extra points, uh or two extra points before last week and um had not missed many field goals either this year had a bunch over 50 so you just kind of have to go back and and look at the positives and say look i'm going to go through my normal week of practice and preparation 
and obviously you want to you want to do well in, in practice this week. But hey, we won the football game, and that that's the biggest part. We get to play next week, and I've got to be ready. Al, pick it all. Who's gonna Who's gonna be in the Super Bowl? Who's gonna win? I, I tell you what. I mean, Philly looks good. Dallas's defense. I thought looked really good last night. I, I know Tom Brady didn't play particularly his best, but I think that had a lot to do with the Dallas defense. If they can take care of the football, um, I think you take your pick between them, the 49ers, and the, and the Eagles. And then in the uh, American Conference, it's hard to go against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Very true. Hey, thanks for joining us, man, yeah. especially on the fly. Appreciate we, that, we just Al. happened to you catch you at a good time. time. We appreciate it very much. All right. Thanks, Al. Uh, just was it just a couple of weeks ago we ran into him? Yeah. He's just excuse, he's a sweetheart. Do you remember the movie For Love of the Game? One of my favorite movies. And Kevin Costner, he always says, clear the mechanism. Yeah. I hated that and, part. And that, That's the only I, part I didn't. I know, I know, but it, but it's like it calmed his mind. Yeah, and I, it, it seems like Brett Maher needs to calm his mind. It wouldn't hurt if he knew he was going home to Kelly Preston. <laughs> Woo! You're listening to Big Dude Sports from T-town to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope tonight's low 71. Tomorrow, cloudy and mild, a chance of showers during the day. Strong thunderstorms arrive late tomorrow night, the high 71. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 66 degrees in Tuscaloosa. I need to do my part tonight, um, and this team is uh, is too good moving forward for me um, not to do that. So get back at it this week. What was kind of going through your mind after the first, and then after the second? Mm-hmm. You can keep going, or appreciate that. Um, I was just trying to put a good, clean strike on it. Um, you know, wasn't able to do that for uh, for too many in a row. Brett, obviously. Um, That's uh, Brett Maher, former Nebraska kicker. Missed four-point after. Man, he sounded really uh, pretty upbeat for a guy. I guess that's the way kickers have to do. You have to have that mentality. I'll make the next one. Shoot or shoot, right? That's right. He's from uh, Kearney, Nebraska. A lot of uh, I got a lot of friends from Kearney, Nebraska. Um, but I applaud him for... Um, talking with the media after the game um, and uh, it would have been easy for him to kind of slink out of the locker room and, and, and avoid uh, the media scrum but um, you know it, uh, look it was just a disastrous night for him uh, and I, I, I certainly am going to be rooting for him and uh, I think he will bounce back he's just he's just too good of a kicker not to do that um you know he uh gosh i remember him at 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 nebraska he was he was a walk-on and um 
He uh, he was uh, as a junior. He was twenty nineteen to twenty three of field goals, forty three of forty four extra points. He also was the punter, and he averaged forty four point five yards per punt, which was sixth in school history. Um, and then as a senior, uh, he made twenty of twenty seven field goals, all fifty nine extra points. Uh, 57 touchbacks out of 96 kickoffs, average 41.8 per punt. And, um, you know, he's just – the guy can kick the ball. It was just one one of those nights. I mean, look, I'm I'm a big golfer, uh, and uh, I think Christian as well, and you are too, Matt, over the years. And there's sometimes you just go out there, and for whatever reason – you're like duck hooking everything. You're slicing everything, and 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 the swing is just off. And uh, I I really think he will be fine. And uh, boy, what a, what a great possible story it would be if he comes back against San Francisco uh, on Sunday and has a good performance. But speaking of that, uh, of the fact that that Dallas now they got to travel from Tampa to Dallas, and then Dallas out to San Francisco. Dallas will be on five days rest and multiple travel days, whereas San Francisco is on seven days rest, no travel. And I believe uh, teams in that scenario in the playoffs that Dallas is in, I think the record is something like 9-24. and 24. So, Christian, I, I I doubt that you've ever been in that scenario before, but how big of an advantage is this for uh, San Francisco, the fact that they have two more days of rest and and also there, there's no travel involved? Um, seems to me that it, 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 it's pretty dramatic. And also, that's why I'm, I, was, I was against playing this game on Monday night, because it's just not fair. Because you are, just by schedule... You are giving the uh, 49ers uh, an inherent advantage in this game. Am I correct in that, Christian? Yeah, it definitely can be an advantage. Uh, you know, travel can be exhausting, especially when you're doing it back to back and you just got done playing a game. And it seems like as soon as you get back home, you know, you might have one day of practice and, and somewhat settling down, but you're really preparing to leave again and head back out to the West Coast now and go play another football game. So, um, for a sport that's a combat sport that does uh, numbers on your body physically and mentally, um, it is exhausting both both physically and mentally um, to have to travel so much. But um, you know that's part of it. If you you want to win a championship, some teams are going to be in that position, and um, the ones that really want to make it happen will, will prevail. Um, but I would say that I would give an advantage to San Francisco um, not having to do the travel versus if it was the other way around. <coughs> What does the day after a game in the NFL feel like? Like, and, and what do you normally do? Do you, do you go in and try to get a light workout in, or and does it feel like your your body has just absolutely been beat up? Uh, can you describe that for us, Christian? Well, your off day is not actually until two days after you play. So Tuesdays are yeah. off days in the NFL. So Monday is actually a work day. So you, you do have to go in. You don't really have a choice. You have uh, you have mandatory meetings, and you also have um, uh, some form of workout. It's usually a lighter workout. Uh, but you go and get your lift in. You go do meetings. Um, guys that need to get treatment will get treatment. Um, so you, you typically treat it as a regular work day. You just don't 
um, typically practice, you know, you're just meetings and workouts. And then Tuesday is your off day. Um, but even then, with it being an off day, pretty much majority of the guys are still in the building in some um, way or fashion. You know, they're in there doing treatment. Some guys like to still go get a, a lift in or some cardio. That, that way they're not just sitting around. Um, guys will go get massages and um, do what we call prehab, just some things that prevent injuries, some some extra strengthening exercises, um, you know, for example, like some core work um, to maintain a, a, um, your stability and, and prevent further injury. So um, that's typically what it looks like after a game. You know, you still are you still are busy. You know, if you're not working mentally, if you're not working physically, you're definitely working mentally. So guys have a lot of, on their hands. I just looked at that video. Tom Brady? Yeah. Dirty play. What the heck? That's wrong. I mean, I, I do you think they hey, saw hey, it and just went, oh, it's Tom Brady? It, it, or do you it, think it's, nobody it's like saw he's it? It's sliding into second base with cleats up, right? It spikes and up, baby. Spikes up. He's Ty Cobb of the NFL. He made the, made the tackle, I guess. Well, I'm not really sure. I, I, I'd have to look over and over and over. But there's no question at all as to his intent. Yeah. He was... Uh, it was like, it was, it, as Josh said, it was like a, a soccer tackle. So he should have gotten a card? A dirty, yeah, that, so would be, that would be a red card, really? not a yellow. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. We've got another hour to go. Hang with us. Hey, Pete, how's business? It's great. Foot traffic's still way down, but more people are finding me online. Nice. How'd you pull that off? Well, the first thing I did was go to... Welcome back to Big Noon Sports. With Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. Dominant playoff victory tonight on the road in Tampa Bay. He was outstanding as we watched Tom Brady come out to shake hands and find Dak Prescott. If, in fact, this is it for Tom Brady, all I can say on behalf of all football fans is... Thank you and appreciate the memories. What a career. If it's not, if you come back to Tampa Bay, there was a report that three teams, at least three teams, will come calling for his services next year. He's got a deal in place with Fox to go to the broadcast booth. If he chooses to do that, who knows? And as he told us, I'm going to take a lot of time. There's going to be no limit on how long I take. I'll know when I know. Decompress after a long year off the field. His personal life and on the field with a team that got to the playoffs but came up way short tonight. Thanks for watching ESPN on YouTube. Back for the second hour of Big Noon Sports right here in uh, Tuscaloosa, Birmingham, the Anderson Gadsden area. We appreciate all of you dialing us in. That's over the air. That's radio. If you'd like to uh, listen to us online, anywhere you're near a computer, just go to bignoonsports.com and hit listen, and you are there. And don't forget, we're also on a Twitter feed now with at Big Noon Sports. You just heard the the broadcast, potentially Tom Brady's last game, as the Cowboys down the Buccaneers by a score of 31-14. to They They mentioned three teams that would be interested in in Tom Brady next year because he's at the end of the three-year contract. Um, Bucks, obviously, they could re-sign him. Why would he, con- he want to go back to the Bucs? Um, 
<laughs> I mean, Bucks are kind of a disaster. Well, I, I guess it kind of depends on what they do in the offseason or what they tell him they're going to do in the offseason. The other teams are the Jets and the Raiders. Uh, more people in the little survey I read uh, this morning uh, think he'll end up at the Raiders. I don't know. And there's that fourth option. And Christian, I think we all kind of agree with this, don't we, Christian, that maybe he just needs to go to Miami to that $7.5 trillion home he's got there in Boca. I think so. I think or did you say- did Giselle get that, or did uh, they both have one? Did Tom get that? No, I, th- I think she bought one right across from it. If I'm not mistaken, because I know they were built, they were building one, right? Because when 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 I was working on the book, they were living in Derek Jeter's place. And, uh, and what was the rent? Like fifteen thousand a month. Uh, it, well, it's it was... it's the it's the biggest house in Tampa. <laughs> it is it is incredible, um, you know. But also. Heck, his uh, he's he set up pretty good in retirement, right? Because he is uh, he struck a a ten year three hundred seventy five million dollar deal with Fox to become the network's lead analyst. Uh, so there's that. But uh, I my gut tells me that he's going to play one more year. Really, and I think uh, a good landing spot for him would be. Las Vegas. Got if if they make some upgrades on the, on the defensive side of the ball and uh, Devonte Adams, you got Hunter Renfro. Will they sign Josh Jacobs? I mean, uh, Christian, we've talked about that. I mean, what a what a huge mistake! I think not locking in Josh Jacobs to a long term deal and not exercising that. Uh, uh, or letting him play uh, on the on on the the final year of that of his of his rookie deal, um, I don't know if you have any insight of what Josh Jacobs is going to do, but uh, you know he ended up leading the league in rushing. Um, I don't know. If you were to advise, if Tom Brady calls up Christian Miller and asks for advice, what what would you tell him to do? Go home. Go be with your family. You played long <laughs> enough. You've won enough Super Bowls. Uh, I mean, at this point, I just feel like you're just beating a dead horse, literally. Man. I mean, this, the, the physical and mental toll that it takes to compete uh, at such a high level as in playing in the National Football League, it's a lot. Um, it's a lot on a young guy. So I know it's a lot on a 45-year-old. And I think, again, if I'm him, um, I don't want to risk – going back out there and, you know, putting up even poor numbers and just playing uh, below my standard. Because at that point, um, I wouldn't say you're tarnishing your legacy. I don't think he really could do that per se. But why would you not just want to, you know, leave on a high note again? You you made the playoffs this year. You know, you lost to, to Dallas, but that's fine. You know, you're risking going and just being awful. What, what if he goes out next year and he's just – he stinks. He's throwing pick after pick. Um because again, if you start with another team, again you're you're building new chemistry. You're in, in a whole new location, working with new coaches, new trainers. Um, I just feel like it's, it reminds me of a, of a coach is is too old. Like, why would a coach that's seventy years old want? Like, when people talk about Coach Saban leaving, why would he want to go and restart somewhere? You know, I just don't see that. Then you mentioned the Raiders. Again, I don't think Tampa Bay is as uh, bad of a team as. Um, people believe. I mean, you got Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage. You know, Scotty Miller is a, a, a great role guy at receiver. I mean, 
Yeah. The the line and the offensive line, they're not the best, but they're not terrible. I'd say they're at least average. And majority of the teams that he would consider going to have average lines. You know, the Raiders, their their offensive line to me is, you know, average, maybe a little above. I don't know. Um, you know, they got Colton Miller, who's who's a great left tackle, but um, the Jets. Uh, I mean, I don't see them having anything spectacular compared to Tampa Bay. Um, I just don't see anything really benefiting him. Let me throw another team that has been rumored. New England Patriots. A reunion with Tom Brady. Uh, Mac Jones is still on his rookie deal. Uh, Let Mac uh, sit and just uh, watch for a season and uh, see if, I don't know. It would be a heck of a story. I actually don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's Saints, uh, I've heard Titans, perhaps. Uh, um, I, I, I don't. I, I'm with you. I, I think Tom should probably hang it up. And, uh, and, and I think this time... Uh, as opposed to last year, he's not going to make uh, a somewhat rash decision. He's he's going to really uh, think this through and and um, and and take take plenty of time to uh, weigh his options. And but I, I, I you know, you, you always want to go out on top. And I think probably in retrospect, he wishes he had retired after the Super Bowl win. And you know it, you just you can't do it any better than that, but but Matt, who are some quarterbacks? Uh, I'm thinking like what Johnny Unitas with the Chargers. I, I remember uh, Namath was like with the Rams. Namath with oh. the Rams. I mean Montana actually played pretty well with when he went the to Kansas City. Can, uh, with he Kansas actually City. He did. He uh, made it to the far, playoffs. Some would claim far hung around too long. Yeah. Uh, Although when he went to the Jets, didn't he get them in the playoffs? Or was it the Vikings? Vikings, I know he did get into the playoffs. So yeah, oh yeah, I was I was actually at that NFC Championship game uh, when um, he absolutely got mauled. That uh, was the bounty game, uh, the, the the Saints and, and Vikings in the NFC Championship game, and um, yeah, I mean that. You're he's I mean you're risking injury. He, he'll be forty six next year. And 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 I know like the the plyometrics and the the band work and and it, it seems like he uh, by most measurables uh, they they put the radar gun on him and that, that he hasn't lost much heat on a, on his fastball he can still make the throws but but from what I've seen Christian he's not really pushing the ball down the field and I, I don't know if that's a function of uh, the receivers at Tampa not getting open or not having enough time to throw, but it uh, the t- the Tampa offense was just a lot of dink and dunk, uh, and it wasn't just last night. It, it was all year. I mean, it's a team I pay close attention to, uh, and it, it just they just weren't the same. They weren't the same this year. I agree. I, I don't think he looks, you know, awful. Especially for given his age, I mean, he, he's playing fine. You know, he still has nice touch on 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 his throws, but um, he clearly doesn't look as fluid. And again, that's expected. The guy's forty five years old. Um, but I, I just, again, I mean, you've played football this long, and and when you've accomplished what he's accomplished, like what else is there to prove? 
I mean, the only reason you'd still be playing is just because you can't let it go. And he's got the he's got the 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 commentator role set up for everything's already set up for him. I mean, the only thing I'm thinking is, unfortunately, now you know him and his wife are divorced, so maybe that will motivate him to play because I mean, he's going. That remember that was kind of the issue. It was like your family or football, and it seems like he chose football. So. I hate to say this, but maybe he should just keep playing. I mean, <laughs> you know, like he chose football, so yeah. his family's you know, a little split up now, unfortunately. And I hate, you know, to say yeah, that, but it's sad. Um, you know, uh, Giselle's net worth is more is higher than Tom's, so I, I doubt he's making uh, alimony payments. She yeah. is. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I, I I don't know. Maybe it's I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't even want to look. I don't. I don't even want. I don't even want to make any jokes about that. But hey, on the other side, guys, I want to talk about Tua and the uh, announcement that Miami made on Monday that Tua is going to be the team's starting quarterback. And get your reaction. And also uh, just uh, hear uh, some the reaction from around the National Football League about uh, the, the, the decision that the Dolphins have made, that, that Tua is their guy moving forward, Matt. Well, I, does that eliminate Tom Brady from the Miami job, the Miami quarterback? Yeah, it does. <laughs> I worry about Tua, I really do. I mean, if, if that's his decision, he wants to do that, more power to him. But that three concussions in one year just scares the you-know-what out of me. Anyway. Agreed. Uh, hey, uh, we got four games coming up this weekend. Let's go through them real quickly and just kind of give our preliminary thoughts on it right here on Big Noon Sports. More Big Noon Sports coming up. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, starting trouble. No one likes that. We'll get you set up for some stronger starts. Tonight's low 71. Tomorrow, cloudy and mild, a chance of showers during the day. Strong thunderstorms arrive late tomorrow night, the high 71. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 67 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big Noon Sports, Christian Miller, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter. You've got Josh and Joe and Aiden, uh, our producers for this fine program. Don't forget we now have a website at www.bignoonsports.com. Our Twitter handle is at Big Noon Sports. Uh, let's look at the games that are set up after this playoff weekend, which, by the way, I, w- I want to just kind of piggyback what you said earlier. This Monday night deal is not a, it's not a good idea. No, it's not um, fair. It, it, it isn't. Um, but as a result of what happened this past weekend on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, uh, game one will be next Saturday, this coming Saturday, I should say, uh, 3.30 on NBC, Jacksonville at Kansas City. Have you looked at these games as far as the line is concerned? Yeah. Oh, o- yeah? The opening okay. line was uh, Kansas City by nine. Um, well, what are your thoughts there? I it just Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City, great fans. I don't see it. Of course, I'm not sure I saw the Jags winning. 
Yeah, so when these teams met in the regular season, uh, Mahomes uh, lit up the Jags for four touchdown passes, 331 yards, one pick. Uh, the Chiefs jumped out to a 20-0 lead in the second quarter. But the Jags, just like they've done all season, they mounted a comeback. Trevor Lawrence uh, ends up throwing for 259 and two touchdowns, but they couldn't get any closer than 10 points. And Trevor Lawrence is growing up before our eyes, Christian. And um, I, I don't I, – look, I, I think Kansas City's the the team to beat uh, in the AFC, but – if, uh, if if Trevor Lawrence plays like he did in the second half uh, against the Chargers and the Jags can get a, a player here, there on, on special teams, create a turnover, you never know. Your, your, your thoughts, Christian? I agree. Um, I think the biggest uh, obstacle for the Jaguars is, is stopping Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense who's so explosive and um, can attack you in so many different ways, you know, um, they, they just do a really good job of um, implementing, you know, different schemes and, and moving guys around and, and getting different guys involved. And you got Travis Kelsey, who's arguably one of the best tight ends in the game. So I think their defense really needs to step up. And then the other uh, thing for Jacksonville is, is Trevor Lawrence needs to not turn the football over. Uh, I guarantee you, if you have four turnovers against Kansas City, uh, you're 100% going to lose that football game. So uh, if, if Trevor Lawrence can can play well, play within the system, um, and, and protect the football, and their their defense can do a good job against Patrick Mahomes. I think that gives them a chance. Uh, I'm still leaning for leaning towards Kansas City in this game, though. I think I'd go the same way. And uh, I'm not so sure this one couldn't get a little bit ugly on the other side. Uh, I, think, I, I, I think Kansas agree. City could win this thing by a couple touchdowns. Yeah, okay, so the, the the nightcap on Saturday. And by the way, this is my favorite NFL weekend of the year. I mean, this is this we got four great games. Uh the nightcap is uh 7:15 on Fox, and this is a very intriguing game. Giants at the Eagles. The opening line was Eagles 7 and a half. And uh you, you got to be so impressed with the play of Daniel Jones who uh, just was uh, in, incredible uh, against Minnesota in round one um, that he you know he led the Giants with 78 yard 78 yards rushing against the Vikings including seven runs for first downs um, but hey uh, Jalen hurts uh, should be back at, at, at full strength and I think at, at full strength the the Eagles, I mean, they are the top seed in the NFC for a reason. Uh, I think it, uh, that, that they, if Jalen plays well, uh, that the Eagles will be very tough to beat. And But I'll say another X factor in this game is Saquon Barkley. I mean, he, he, is, he is really playing like – I think he was picked number two overall – He's playing like he did when he was at uh, um, Penn State, just dominating. And uh, uh, if Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley both have big games, I think this could be closer than people think. Christian? I think you're spot on. I think that's what's critical is how will Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley perform? And 
Um, and I think Jalen is healthy, but I still, you know, I, you know how shorter injuries are. They can linger a little bit. Um, I feel like he's not a hundred percent. I don't feel like he's quite what he was before the injury. Um, and I think that's going to be important. Um, if, if the Giants can do a good job of hindering him and, and, and stopping him, then I, I think this will be a very close game. I, I think it's really going to come down to the wire. And um, I, I feel the Eagles will, um, you know, escape with the, with the narrow victory. But um, I, I think the Giants are, are a very dangerous team, especially when, when they're firing on all cylinders. And, um, and Daniel Jones can play the way he played um, in the game previous. And uh, I think they definitely have a chance. You've got the numbers over there, and you may have just said it. Um, what did they do earlier in the year? Uh, earlier in the year, I they, believe. They met twice, right? Yeah. Same division. And this is only one of two matchups. Uh, let's see. Uh, Eagles throttled the Giants in week one, or uh, sorry, week 14. And uh, I'm sorry. I, they I don't won have both the games. I know the Eagles but, won both games, I yeah. believe. Yeah. And in, in week 14. The Eagles held Barkley just to 28 yards rushing, which was his second lowest output of the season. And uh, in in you know, uh, offensively, Hurts uh, he should if if healthy again. It's that shoulder, and whenever a quarter and it's his it's his throwing shoulder, right, Christian uh, Jalen that that is uh, injured. I believe so. Yeah. How long has it been since he's taken a snap? Uh, it's been like a month, hasn't it? No, he well he played or he, more. No, he played his last game. Yeah, did he play in a? Okay. Yeah, he play, yeah, right. my yeah, bad, my yeah. bad. No, no, you're fine. Um, yeah, so um, but uh, you know, it, it, Jalen, I, I think he he's going to have to make plays with his feet, and the Giants. Uh, this is an interesting stat. Uh, they allowed 5.2 yards per carry to opposing quarterbacks this season, which was the second worst in the NFL. And um, and so, you know, uh, if Jalen can 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 run on the Giants, uh, I, I think that this has the this also. I, I I think the Eagles could really uh, take care of business here in 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 uh, in. in, in and win handily unless, again, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. And these guys are both sort of in contract years, uh, and and they're, they're two best players on, on offense. And Daniel Jones has just been spectacular. I mean, along with Jalen Hurts, he's one of the most improved players in the NFL. And he's another guy. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. I mean, Daniel Jones is just making money hand over fist here with each performance. And, uh, and, and, and the fact that they went into Minnesota last week, a team that won 13 games in the regular season, very difficult environment to, uh, to pull off the upset. And Daniel Jones just acted like it was no big deal. Daniel Jones was the best player on the field on, uh, uh, against Minnesota. You know, I, I'm probably just being a little bit of a Birmingham homer here, but I've always really liked David Cutcliffe, and he coached yeah. him at Duke, and we all know Cutcliffe's resume with quarterbacks. I mean, both Mannings, right? Yeah. I mean, do you need to go? But I've always liked Jones. I think he developed slower than I thought he was going to, but he has developed this year, and with his mate, Barkley, uh, 
I don't see an upset here. Eagles at home, favored by seven and a half, but uh, I think they'll keep it close for a while. Okay, then on Sunday, uh, two o'clock Central, you have Cincinnati going to Buffalo. Uh, and this is going to be an emotional game, no question about it, uh, because of what happened between these two teams, what, three weeks ago with DeMar Hamlin and the game being uh, uh, abbreviated and ultimately canceled. And like I say this as a Bengals fan. There's no way that this game should be played in Buffalo. If they, if the NFL came out and said, well, hey, Buffalo and Kansas City, if they end up meeting in the AFC Championship game, it's going to be played at a neutral site in Atlanta because Buffalo would have had a chance to uh, to to um, overtake Kansas City. Well, you know what? The exact same thing applies to Cincinnati. Cincinnati was winning the game. Christian, watch out. No, no, I'm serious. No, I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. The, the exact same logic applies to Cincinnati. If Cincinnati beats Buffalo in that game, this game is in Cincinnati, not in Buffalo. But if, if, if. I mean, but, but, the it's, no, but it's but, the same thing with Kansas City and I, Buffalo. I'm not arguing it's that. If, if, if. But, if. but why? Why? Why didn't, why didn't the NFL do the same thing? You're asking somebody has no idea, and I'm dealing it's with just, an it's, outraged Bengals fan well, no, it's just Come on, give me a break. No, it's just not fair. Just uh, apply a little bit of logic Poor here. Joe Burrow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Am sorry. I getting under your skin yet? Yes, you uh, are. I, okay, good. No, good, but good. I mean, Lars really it, wants that tattoo. It, That's what this is. He really wants to get that I know. tattoo. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna get that tattoo on my posterior. And 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 by the way, the group of us now is growing at uh, at Buffalo Wild Wings, a Bengals corner, and we're all getting it. So I there's saw like a bunch there, of pictures on. There's like there's like 25 night. of us now. We're all getting we're all getting tatted. Well, if, how many uh, <laughs> how many you think you're gonna have Sunday at two? Hey, everybody's welcome. Buffalo Wild Wings, two o'clock. Uh, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings on two eighty. We'll finish uh, up handicapping this game, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot this week. And but yeah, please, and, and, please and, don't and, let me needle and, you and, too uh, much. Cole Thompson is going to join us next. Yes. Uh, who covers the Houston Texans and all things NFL uh, when we return. This is Big Noon Sports with Lars, Matt, and Christian. When choosing a wireless provider, you're forced to compromise. But what if you didn't have to? What if you could get reliable service without a contract and save money? Introducing Total. Back on Big Noon Sports, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, Christian Miller, and now being uh, joined by Cole Thompson, uh, NFL writer out in the Houston area. Cole, I hope you're doing well. I hope uh, your new year is going okay. Let's jump right to it. Uh, where do you see the Texans going with their draft pick? having to pick number one. I think that quarterback is probably going to be the biggest need, and now that you do see that C.J. Stroud from Ohio State is declaring, it feels like a two-man race versus Bryce Young from Alabama and C.J. Stroud. So the question is, who moves up to pick number one? Chicago Bears are open for business. They need as much draft capital as possible. They're going to do everything in their power to build around Bryce, I mean, to build around Justin Fields next season. And for the fourth overall pick, which would be Indianapolis, they're going to do everything in their power to snipe away Houston's top selection. So 
I think it's going to be a really interesting process. I know that the Texans, like both quarterbacks, both are vastly different, not just in size, but when you look at, I think, a guy like C.J. Stroud, maybe a little bit of a better arm, a little bit better when it comes to deep ball mechanics, but Bryce Young's pocket awareness, his ability to extend plays inside the pocket, his ability to maneuver uh, through defenses, his chemistry with multiple receivers and back-to-back years, Heisman Trophy, the prowess, the overall demeanor of how he carries himself, certainly going to be a fit for Houston. I think what really matters is who's the quarterback that goes number one. And I ultimately, I do think it is a quarterback that goes number one, whether it be Carolina trading up, whether it be Las Vegas trading up, whether it be Indianapolis trading up, they're all going to have their kind of niche in where they want to go. But Houston last year finished with one of the worst offenses in the NFL. They finished 30th in passing. They finished with uh, the second worst quarterback in touchdown to interception ratio with Davis Mills. And they're likely going to bring in a new head coach with an offensive background. So if that's the case, you've got to be able to find yourself a franchise quarterback. One of those two picks is going to be either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Cole, just because of the text you sent me, I want to jump around from topic to topic to topic right, to topic. Right. Um, <laughs> Same thing uh, a little professional student. Yeah. Uh, professor student? Uh, relationship <laughs> um, What was the reaction to the Lovey Smith fire, firing and also the fact that Sean Payton has uh, interviewed for the job with the Texans, and it sounds like the interview went really well, and that Sean Payton sounds like a guy who's very much interested in the Texans' job. Am I correct in that? Well, let's start off with Lovey Smith. From a national connotation, it would come off as negative the Texans fired Lovey Smith. This was a guy who had a long, rich history in the NFL. He was a minority candidate, and he was basically set up to fail when you look at the roster as a whole. The preseason win total for Houston was at four and a half, so he did under-exceed expectations in that forefront. But they didn't really have a good run game outside of Damian Pierce. They lost multiple receivers throughout the year. Brandon Cooks missed six games. Nico Collins missed five games. The tight end play was very inaccurate. The offensive line outside of Laramie Tunstall was maybe league average at best. And the defense was at least showing promise at times. But they also allowed three games of over 35, uh, 35 points. So, there certainly was reasonable backlash from the likes of the national narrative. But at the same time, Lovey Smith did not want to make changes in the locker room. Lovey Smith wanted to be all about Lovey Smith. He wanted to be a guy that was hell-bent on doing things his way and his way only. Multiple players I reached out to said that Lovey would go ask for their opinion, and he'd end up wouldn't taking it. He'd go into the front office, he'd meet with them, you know, he'd meet with the local, uh, he'd meet with the uh, Casario and Cal McNair and the coaching staff. He would go ahead and throw their, uh, throw their opinions to the side. He wanted to do it his way. And at the end of the day, when you do under-exceed expectations and a rule that I've always had, if you are a defensive or offensive coordinator, your production must over-exceed expectations. When it didn't happen that way, and he also was dealing with backlash from the media, he was going into fits every single week, talking back to people, it felt like it was a disaster ready to come unwinding. So I did think that at the end of the day, it was the right move to let him go. Sean Payton's a very interesting case because – he is interested in the job. I spoke to multiple people in the in the know. The interview went great. They liked everything that he had to say. And the Texans are an organization that needs to find stability. That's the main thing that would you look at when you talk about Houston. They're an organization that has seven wins in the last two years under GM Nick Casario. They have 11 wins in the last three years. And just four years ago, they were playing for an AFC divisional round, up 24 nothing against the Kansas City Chiefs. They'll be on their fourth head coach since 2020. 
They'll also be, I mean, the fourth head coach of 2019. They also will be on uh, uh, potentially a new GM, and they need to have some purpose or direction. The problem is, is that Sean Payton said two things that very much counteract each other. One reason he loves the Houston Texans is because the draft capital they have. Currently the number two pick, the number 12 pick, they have the 33rd pick, they have two third-round picks, and then next year's draft they have two first-round picks, a uh, second-round pick, two third-round picks. But the question is, is that what is the asking price going to be to go get Sean Payton from the New Orleans Saints? On FS1 yesterday, he said it would probably cost you about a mid-first-round selection. Well... Houston does not want to give up pick number 12. It's too valuable of a selection for them. They feel like they can find a cornerstone player, whether it be a wide receiver, whether it be a defensive lineman, whether it be a safety, a cornerback, an offensive tackle. They do not want to give up pick number 12. But at the same time, they could be willing to part ways with the 2024 first-round pick given to them for the Deshaun Watson deal with the Cleveland Browns. If Deshaun Watson gets a full offseason to work in Kevin Stefanski's offense, really build that rapport and chemistry with guys like Amari Cooper, with Donovan Peoples-Jones, they establish the run game, they go out, they add in a new defensive coordinator, they just hired Jim Schwartz, so it feels like they're trending upward. That pick is probably going to be somewhere around 18 through 24, which seems at that point more less valuable for Houston and maybe more valuable for a team like the New Orleans Saints. Ultimately, what this comes down to is what will Mickey Loomis's asking price be? If the Texans are willing to give up the 2024 first-round picks that goes to Cleveland, I can see these still getting done, and they would allow Sean Payton to run this organization how he sees fit. Basically, you would have Nick Casario sitting in the sidelines. You'd have Al McNair and Hannah McNair sitting up top, They'd be running daily operations. But Sean Payton would be the first, second, and third option for this organization. But if it is the number 12 pick in this year's NFL draft, I don't see Houston going out and making a move for Sean Payton. As much as I think that it'd be a great fit, as much as I think that people would love to have Payton in the building just because of his offensive prowess, his chemistry and the fact that he would have a Rolodex of coaches lined up ready to work with him in Houston, it just isn't worth giving up a top 15 selection for a coach who at this point maybe is here for four or five years, maybe he's here for another decade. No one knows what the actual long-term situation is with Sean Payton. Cole, do you feel like last night was the last time we'd see Tom Brady take the field uh, in the NFL? It should be, but I don't think it will be. I think that's the biggest difference here. Shaw, uh, Tom Brady said at the start of the season he would like to play until he was 45 years old. Well, he's 45 years old. And when you're asking a quarterback to throw 66 times in a game, number one, it shows that you have no run game whatsoever, and that's been a big downfall for Tampa Bay the entire season. But at the same time, a lot of the throws were errant passes. I mean, you go back and you watch that interception at the end zone when they were inside the 10-yard line. How do you not throw it out of bounds? How do you not just chuck it, arm punt it 40 yards into the stands and hit the reset button? Instead, he throws into double coverage, and it leads to an interception by J. Ron Curse. Multiple plays, if it wasn't the likes of Mike, uh, Mike Evans, he just underthrew receivers. And it wasn't as if it was really inaccurate throws that were just miscues by receivers. Receivers ran the right route. It was just very poorly timed execution by Tom Brady. But Tom is a guy who has this persona. He has this impact. He has this legacy surrounding his name. And he also has a little bit of an ego. One of the main reasons he wanted to leave New England was because if he wasn't getting the same respect by Bill Belichick that he thought he deserved after 20 years. So he goes to Arizona. He reunites with uh, Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians and him have a great standing relationship for the first few years. Then, unfortunately, things go south very quickly. They bring in Todd Bowles, a guy who is very much linked with Bruce Arians. And because of they think that it's going to be the same capital, 
he returns for another season. If Tom Brady last year goes and plays for a Super Bowl against Cincinnati Bengals, I personally think that he does retire. Because I think that he would have an opportunity to say, I went out on top, I went out with one more shot of winning a Lombardi trophy, but instead a cover zero blitz allowed the Los Angeles Rams to force their way into a game-winning field goal and ultimately win the Super Bowl. This season, a lackluster production from the offensive performance from Tampa Bay. They finish 8-9 and nine on the year. The only reason they get in the playoffs is they win the most amount of games in the NFC South. And I don't think Brady is going to go out like this. I think he wants one more shot to win a Lombardi trophy and prove that, once again, he is the greatest quarterback that's ever lived. The difference is, is that after last night's performance, I'm not sure who's going to go after him. Miami feels content with Tua Tunga-Vailoa. I could see them maybe drafting another quarterback or bringing in a Teddy Bridgewater again, a Jacoby Brissett again. When you look at Las Vegas, Las Vegas makes a lot of sense because of Dave Ziegler, the GM, and Josh McDaniels, the head coach, but they don't have a good offensive line. They don't have a good defense, and while the weaponry is great, for them to be able to get more offensive line protection, they likely would have to trade a player like a Darren Waller or a Hunter Renfro. So that would hurt the passing game, a passing game that's very similar to Tampa Bay. And then there's San Francisco, who does have the offensive consistency, the playmakers, the offensive line, and the salary cap to pay for Tom Brady. But they also have two quarterbacks on rookie contracts in Trey Lance, who they still believe could be the long-term future, and Brock Purdy, who is exceeding expectations as Mr. Irrelevant. So that money could be spent elsewhere fixing the defensive flaws, making sure they get contract extensions to guys like Nick Bosa and Mike McClinchy. It just doesn't feel like right now Tom Brady has a legitimate home and after last night's performance, I think that he will come back. One team will pick him up because of Tom Brady. But this is no longer the Tom Brady that we saw that was dominant for 20-plus years in Foxborough. This is now a shell of himself. And at 46 years old, I'm not sure how many people are going to bet on the long-term status of him. Cole, how do people get in touch with you? You can always follow me on Twitter, at Mr. Cole Thompson. You can also go check out my work, Just Saying It, on the SportsMap Radio Network. You can download the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Audioboom, or YouTube.com. Good stuff. Great work as always, Cole. Thanks, my friend. Take care, guys. Uh, When we get... You bet. Uh, when we get back, we'll finish uh, talking about Bengals, Bills, and then uh, we got to get Cowboys and 49ers. It's all coming up on Big Noon Sports. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. I wanted to know why some people who get COVID-19 get it so bad. I found out it may be because they have a high risk factor, such as heart disease, diabetes, being overweight. Tonight's low 71. Tomorrow, cloudy and mild, a chance of showers during the day. Strong thunderstorms arrive late tomorrow night, the high 71. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 68 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big News Sports, Christian Miller, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter. Appreciate all of you joining us today. The show has just absolutely flown by. Uh, talking to the NFL following last night's Cowboys victory 31-14 over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the speculation is now on as future of one Tom Brady. Meanwhile, we're uh, kind of looking forward to the upcoming games. And we're kind of right in the middle of the Bengals and the Bills. Bills are favored. Uh, at Orchard Park by five. Uh, Lars, is there going to be a difference between your pick and, and your want? <laughs> no. Uh, I 
you know what? I probably should just recuse myself. I I am such a, a, a big Bengals fan. So I like that. Uh, I will, and I also uh, I'll, like, I'll, I'll let you guys uh, do the analysis of this. It, it's going to be a heck of a game. Uh, Joe Burrow versus uh, Josh Allen. Um, and, and, and what's really interesting is the, the, these two franchises are bonded, right? Profound respect for one another. And uh, it, it'll, it'll just be interesting to see how, how it plays out. But uh, I'll, I'll pass the baton to uh, Christian on this. Well, I think it's going to be interesting because, you know, both teams somewhat struggled in the games prior. Um, you know, the Bengals barely made it past the Ravens with a backup quarterback. And uh, Buffalo had, a, you know, a nice lead um, at one point, but uh, almost allowed the Miami Dolphins with Skylar Thompson, their, their, their third string quarterback, if I'm not mistaken, um, to, to almost uh, come back and, and, and steal a victory from them. So I think both teams will look uh, to play much better in, in this game. I think they'll play um, to a higher standard as well, knowing um, what each team is capable of. So, um, man, definitely going to be a good matchup. Um, and, uh, Lars, I'm sorry that, that it's in Buffalo. I still don't necessarily understand everything that that transpired because of all that uh so was it supposed to be at a neutral site or something what what, what was the deal with that well the thing is the nfl said that if buffalo and kansas city meet in the afc championship game even though kansas city is the one seed they're going to play it at a neutral site because in theory, if Buffalo had beaten uh, the Bengals and then won out, they would have been the one seed. Mm. Because head-to-head, I believe Buffalo beat Kansas City earlier this year. Now, if you apply that exact same logic to Cincinnati and Buffalo, if Cincinnati had beaten Buffalo... Cincinnati would be the two seed instead of the three seed, and so this game would be in Cincinnati. And uh, and, and so <laughs> NFL didn't do that. I, I don't know why. Bengals fans don't know why. Um, it seems uh, uh, completely unfair, but, you know, uh, it, uh, here we are. It's going to... Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say Go it is going to be tough for Cincinnati to go in there and pull off a victory um, on the road. You know, Buffalo is a tough place to play, especially during the playoffs. Um, those fans are so passionate, and uh, they they make it a very tough and hostile environment for opposing teams. So it's going to be critical that Joe Burrow and, and that offense is prepared for that environment. It's going to be loud, and uh, that 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 stadium and in that atmosphere is going to be set. So. Um, I, I'm leaning towards Buffalo in this game. I hate to go against your Bengals, Lars, but uh, I think Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills are going to get the job done. I I, I agree. I think it's going to be an uphill battle for the Bengals, but I will say they went into Nashville last year, beat the top-seeded Titans. Then they went into Kansas City last year in the AFC Championship game, down 18 points, Remarkable. and beat Kansas City. So uh, they they have a history of playing well on the road, uh, but uh, we'll see. I mean, the, the Bengals also are down three of their uh, starters on the offensive line. They've just been decimated by injury there. So uh, it, it's going to be an uphill battle for Cincinnati for sure, Matt. We'll wrap the weekend up on the 22nd Sunday evening as the Cowboys go to San Francisco on only five days for us. 
and take on the 49ers. Let's see, the line here is uh, San Francisco by four. That's what I've got. Yeah, it it opened at four and a half. Um, I'll just say I I like the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. Uh, Just uh, even though, even though, yeah, I know. I I can't believe I'm saying that. uh, But. Um, Brock Purdy is just—he's he, playing just like a, a, a point guard because they have so much talent. I mean, they—I think they have. Uh, I think George Kittle probably the best tight end in the NFL. That trade for Christian McCaffrey, one of the best trades in recent memory. Uh, a wide receiver Brandon Ayuk playing really well. You got Kyle Shanahan, who is uh, uh, just a maestro calling the plays. And then on top of that, they have probably have the best defense in the playoffs, the best defense of any team in the playoffs. I, I just, I, lo- I love the 49ers. I love the 49ers and everything they're doing. Christian? Yeah, I think it's going to be a battle of two really good defenses, and I'm excited for those matchups. Can Micah Parsons um, and those guys uh, and Lawrence, can they tank Lawrence? Can they can they affect Brock Purdy? You know, again, he's a young guy and he's been playing spectacular, but um, that 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 doesn't um, prevent him from being affected by by some serious pass rush. So I think it's going to be critical that um, they disrupt him. Um, and, and stop, you know, Christian McCaffrey, who's also been on fire in recent weeks. So I think it's a big time matchup. Um, if, if Brock Purdy can pull this off, man, this guy, I think it's his team moving forward. And I know they traded all those picks uh, to, to get Trey Lance, and, and they thought he was the future. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is, um, you know, a pretty solid quarterback. But, man, the way Brock Purdy has been playing um, has been phenomenal. And, um, I think he gives them a really good chance to win this football game against Dallas. I'll be looking forward to this one. I think this one's kind of a toss-up. I don't know which way to lean, um, but I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of leaning 49ers as well, Lars. I, I, I really am. I've already emailed Brock Purdy's agent, and I want to be the author of his book. <laughs> well, then he really needs to win it all. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Wait, what a throwback, though. The Dallas-San Francisco era in the, the 80s? It's, it, it, it's, that a, great? This, this is a great slate of games. By the way, I don't only 30 seconds. Mind games last night, did Tampa force Dallas to wear colors? <laughs> you know what? Let's discuss that tomorrow. That's that will a, be our entire topic. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. We'll be back again tomorrow at noon. Thanks for joining us. I wanted to know why some people who get COVID-19 get it so bad. I found out it may be because they have a high risk factor, such as heart disease, diabetes, being overweight, smoking.